first of the ball, we'd like to acknowledge the Waramai people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we are recording this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening. G'day and welcome back to Bounce of the Ball. This is episode 26, and as per the tradition, uh, we're going to go through the players who, a few players anyway, who have worn number 26 in the NBA. So this week we have Kent Bazemore, we have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's just been shipped off to the Dallas Mavericks, we have former Cavs, Bulls player, and current NBA uh, coach down there at the Nets, Kyle Korver, showing Ben Simmons how to improve his shot the other day, we have Jeremy Lamb, with the beast from down New York, Mitchell Robinson, and Justice Winslow. Okay, so I'm flying solo this week, so it's going to be a short one. Uh, Chappie is indisposed and in Melbourne for the weekend. So, all that aside, let's get amongst it. Okay, so this week in the NBA, we're going to talk about James Harden and uh, the amazing form he had with the Sixers in his debut and the way they dismantled an informed Timberwolves. Okay, we're also going to talk about LeBron's comments that he made and how Lakers fans may be a bit nervous and the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum put the rest of the league on notice. Okay, so this week we saw the debut of James Harden with playing with Joel Embiid and the 76ers. And... To say the least, it was a very impressive start to his tenure with the Sixers. And in the post-match press conference, Embiid was quoted as saying that he hasn't been that open um, that many times in his entire NBA career. So it was a fairly impressive performance. Um, They played today as well. um, And between them, they racked up 40 free throws. So, yeah, just a little shout-out there too to... um, BGN, Bulls got next on Twitter. Uh, yeah, kind of living in a glass house there, mate, when you're being critical of a game that devolves into free throws when your boy there is a fiend for free throws. But all that aside, um, yeah, so the other day when they played a fairly well informed um, Timberwolves, Embiid ended up finishing with 34, 10, and 3. Harden put up 27, 8, and 12 on a debut, which is truly impressive stuff. And you have Tyrese Maxey also contributing with 28, 2, and 2. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tyrese Maxey's development comes along with Harden and Embiid there. Uh, Maxey's had to carry a lot of load this year, and now being that second string shooter, he's going to have a lot more options. A lot more availability and a lot more space as well, I think, off Harden. Depending on how much Harden wants to roll with that and just depend on him and Embiid rolling with the show. But if you see from them numbers, pretty obvious that them three are going to be the major scoring pieces for the team. Um, Thibault will fit in well defensively. And he's also actually a really good spot-up corner shooter. So he's going to be that option as well there for them. So the 76ers are looking like a very, very dangerous and strong team heading into the right end of the season. Um, yeah, but it's a really great start for this new squad and it shows lots of positive signs moving forward into that home stretch I was just talking about. So, Harden Sixers fans, looks like it's 
pretty good moving on. Okay, so last week during the All-Star break, LeBron dropped a huge bombshell, saying that he hasn't completely ruled out the idea of going back to Cleveland, or any team that drafts his son would essentially be getting him on a veteran minimum contract as well, saying that money would not be an option or a problem or an issue at that point in his career. So these statements, no doubt, <laughs> no, no doubt at all, have made my co-host and many, many Lakers fans quite nervous. This has led to some pundits floating the concept and the idea that trading LeBron to recoup some of the assets that they gave up to secure Davis from the Pelicans. Now, ironically today, um, the Lakers did lose by 30 points to the Pelicans while Anthony Davis was sitting on the bench watching injured. Um, LeBron scored 32 points in an amazing game. I think it was 2-6, and six, but it kind of was a really, really bad look as he left the floor early, ripping his jersey off. Couldn't wait to get it off, actually. And the entire Lakers stadium, um, what to call it, the Staples Center, uh, the Crypt Arena, whatever it is now, was booing the Lakers team off the court. Now, people were saying LeBron was being booed off stage, but I find that off the court, but I find it pretty hard to believe considering that he put up 32 points for the team, was the highest scorer, so he's the only one really doing anything in that effect. Uh, fairly efficient shooting, too, I believe it was 13 from 23. So, another idea that's been mentioned and floated around is the idea of trading AD to Chicago. Now, as a Chicago fan, I'm not terribly fond of this idea considering his injury history. Um, I'd love to have him on the team, but not at the cost of what the proposed trade ideas out there are. So, one of the trades I have seen is AD Chicago for DeMar Rosen and Kobe White, which I'm not interested at all. Um, yeah, yeah. As interesting as it kind of sounds as a Bulls fan, I'd be really, I'd be reluctant if I was the Chicago front office to even entertain this idea with AD barely being available in the last two years, two seasons, through injury. Um, and DeMar DeRozan showing himself to be one of the most highest value contracts in the entire league. I just don't see it as a feasible option. Um, and Kobe White is actually a really strong developing asset. I think a lot of the players on the Bulls team are worthy keepers. And developing with the veterans that we have on board at the moment. I can see a transition in place with some of the young players coming through, especially Ida Sumu and Patrick Williams. Um, them and Kobe White and Zach Levine and possibly other young centre that we could look to acquire in the future could be the future of the team moving forward. But I digress. So back to the whole LeBron thing. Um, yeah. If the Lakers continue to lose and the relationship between LeBron and GM Rob Polinka continues to deteriorate, which it looks like doing happening on a daily basis at this point, um, yeah, this is going to get really, really messy and it's going to be the place to watch during the off-season. All the drama and sparks are going to fly. Okay. So... I was hoping to get 
a Boston fan on this week, but he's going to come on this Thursday and record with me. Um, and we'll have a bit more of a chat about it then. But just to give you a bit of an idea, guys, so the Boston Celtics have been on fire since the trade deadline. I did give it a little bit of a mention last week, but it is worthy of a mention right now. So they're actually... Did have a bit of a look at their stats. Now, defensively, they're a juggernaut. Uh, the def- defensive rating of the Boston Celtics is 99.7, which is first in the entire league, and by a long shot. The second-place defensive team is the Mavs, whose rating is a full seven points higher, at 106.9. Now, that in itself is... That's huge, and it's showing why they're putting 30 point, beating teams by 30 points. But it's not the entire story. The defensive side, when I watched the game the other day and highlights some some of their previous games, it's become apparent that Jason Tatum is beginning to play with a lot more energy, aggression, and intent than he has in many, many years. I haven't seen him play this well since his debut in the league, but he's now a more polished player, so it's even more impressive and even more dangerous. Um, yeah, the East is an absolute gauntlet for any team to get through this year everyone is kind of prepared the trade deadline really improved a lot of teams in that section of the league and it's going to be interesting to say I'm not entirely sure that the Bucks are going to make it out and after the performance the other day they went down to a KD-less Nets and they still have um, Simmons to add who you can say all you want about his shooting, but his defense and his playmaking will be an asset to that team. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the East pans out over the next couple of weeks. Um, and the Celtics, they were no different with their trade acquisitions. Uh, getting Derek White was probably one of the more quieter moves. It didn't seem like... And if you have a look at the box score, it's not as noticeable. You've really got to watch the game in motion. Um... He's really improved the team's speed and their transition play. And Robert Williams is an absolute phenomenal centre with his passing ability, um, his blocking ability. And yeah, he's a really young, good developing prospect who's on probably the greatest contract in the entire league for a team that is, not for a player. Okay, now that brings us to the end to the show this week. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, I said it was just a short one, and it is indeed. Um, we'll be back a bit earlier next week. I'm going to start putting out some more videos on YouTube, um, probably every day or second day, just like short five to ten minute clips, just some recaps on what's happening in both leagues, the NBA and the NRL, as we are moving into the start of the NRL season in two weeks. Okay, so if you're listening to us on Podbean or Spotify, please give us a follow and share it on your socials. If you are watching us on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. What we got? What we got? What we got? What we got? Emotional damage!